Welcome to Podcast Payoffs. My name is Gord Vickman, here with my podcast partner and strategic coach co-founder, Dan Sullivan. Dan, welcome to episode 30. 30! It's a milestone when you think that about half the shows that are indexed right now never make it past episode 10, mm-hmm. the pod fade. 30 is an accomplishment. It's the little show that could, and it's growing, and it's fun to do. So here we are at number 30. That's 30 months. Yeah, well, lots of things change, and so that's worth talking about. And Mm -hmm. you change your thinking about what the medium is doing for you, and that's worth talking about. And uh, it's forever. I can't see a time in the future when this won't be a valuable way to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's unlimited because there's no bandwidth. So if you got something to say and you got an audience who wants to hear it, then they tell their friends it's going to grow. If you're paying attention to your audience, you're finding out what they're interested in and whether you have any insights into having them look at things differently and in a more useful way. Yeah, when we started the show 30 months ago, we were sitting across the table in our studio on Fraser in Toronto in the basement. That's where I am right now. You're across town. And a lot of things have changed because people aren't doing live episodes anymore that much. And maybe some people are, but it's all been remote recording and so much technology has emerged. I thought it'd be fun on episode 30 just to do what I call like a podcast industry boulebaise. A beef stew of podcast industry news, and I'll get your entrepreneurial advice and some of the things that might pop into mind when I throw these things at you. So we plan our show with a fast filter. That's how we do it here. It's a strategic coach tool, probably the most used coach tool of all. And the first thing I wanted to talk about, because this popped into my head, Jordan Peterson, who is a Canadian academic, he's a lecturer. I'm sure most people who have any sort of media savvy or have been paying attention know who Jordan Peterson is. He's made a lot of waves over the past few years. He had a podcast that was successful, and he hopped onto a platform called Supercast. And now if you want to get the show ad-free and extras, it's $10 a month. So that kind of triggered a thought in my mind, Dan, because we give a lot away for free here, a lot of your thoughts and insights. In regards to giving it away for free, how much is too much? Where is that level that you feel comfortable when you say, okay, this is enough, and you want to sort of pull back? Is it conscious, or is it something that's just an instinct for you? Well, it's a way to experiment with ideas that we would put into our program that we do charge for. So I would draw a firm line between our podcasting work and the program, the strategic coach program. I draw a line and I don't charge for things that are across the line. We charge for things that are in the program. And I do that for the main reason is that having another cash flow coming from another thing is distracting to me. It's very, very distracting to me, okay? So my sense is let's make it the best free podcast series we possibly can. How do we keep increasing the value of what we're doing? And, you know, people have told me, and, you know, it's anecdotal, so I don't have any deep research on what they're doing. They said, when we listen to the podcasts, you say things that are so valuable. It makes us think, what's the stuff like that you actually charge for? Because the stuff you give away for free is fabulous. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a strategy. That's a strategy. But I don't bring my leftovers here or anything. I mean, any activity that I do, 
developing some ideas. And in a podcast, I'll just start explaining where I am with the idea right now, because I'm looking to see if this is an idea that can go into our program. So, you know, I think that if you can keep an activity that you're doing it because you love doing it, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to justify itself monetarily, I think you can do it for a lot longer. Is there any reason or? Yeah, because you love doing it. Yeah. And it's just kind of there and it'll go on indefinitely. Yeah. Because in a way, I guess coach is a subscription model. I don't know if it's ever been described that way before, but every year the clients write a check and then they come in and they get not only access to the old content, but new content. So it fits very nicely into that box of a subscription. It's a subscription service with new things that are always emerging because you never stop creating tools. We're never going back and doing things with clients and workshops that they did five years ago, 10 years ago, or even two months ago. Mm -hmm. Just sort of a never ending cycle. It's a different philosophy, I guess. If there's money to be made and people want to purely monetize that show and a subscription will allow them to earn hundreds or thousands or perhaps hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars, then that's the route that they're going to go. But we use our shows in a different way to sort of warm people up to the ideas, your ideas and your thought processes and what we're doing in coach and then bringing them in. Mm -hmm. It's a different way to monetize, right? People have asked me before, well, I do have conversations with clients and they're talking about monetization. And first of all, most advertisers don't want to talk to you. If you don't have 40, 50,000 downloads per episode, you're not going to get the mattresses. You're not going to get the energy drinks, but you can create something, a knowledge product. You can create a book, you can create an online course and you can use your podcast as a lead gen to yeah. you know squeeze people down the funnel and get them to purchase something or provide you with some sort of revenue in that regard. So there's many ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have a show and you're not getting advertising because you just don't have the numbers yet, think about other ways you can do that and think about other ways you can work people into that. Just before Christmas, we had a visitor by the name of Catherine Nomura who was for 20 years on the team here at Strategic Coach. And now she's involved in a fascinating technological platform that's going all around the world called Countable. And she's in San Francisco. So she's been so busy during the period. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of traveling back and forth. So she was in Toronto and the nearby city where she lives for about a month. She's got her family there and she's actually got a second house. So she just came back and spent 15 days before and 15 days after Christmas. And I said, don't know if you have the time, but I'm doing my last workshop before the shutdown for Christmas. Join the team. Come on a half hour earlier. We'll chat. And afterwards, it was her time to talk. And she said, I have to tell you, I've been to easily a thousand Zoom presentations, sessions, meetings. And she said, this is the greatest Zoom experience I've ever been. She's. I've just never been in a Zoom experience like this. And I said, well, it's strategic coach. (laughs) This is what we were given to work with. Well, we're going to do it in a strategic coach way. What I saw right off the bat is Zoom is not a broadcast medium. It's not a talking at the audience medium. It's an interactive medium. So what's everything that we can do just to make it as interactive as possible but totally useful to the clients in thinking through their entrepreneurial next quarter or their next year. You know, and then we wrote a book called Zooming Ahead. That went out to all of our clients. A lot of our clients started to do the things that we were doing. And they said, we just had great years with Zoom. And I said, yeah. 
And my feeling is, and tell me if this also relates to your experience, the people who are thinking about using Zoom, they're using it like it's a pitch. And I said, well, I don't like pitches in any form. So why would I like a Zoom pitch? Mm -hmm. You know, and they say, this is going to be really interactive. And the person sets it up so that people can only ask questions that are related to the subject matter being talked to. So a lot of people, they're just not understanding what the medium is. The medium can be as unpredictable as you can imagine, you know, because it's interactive. And I think it's the unpredictability of it that makes it really, really interesting. All right. Next up on the podcast industry that we've been chatting about, just some random things here. It's impossible to not hear about Joe Rogan these days. Yeah. He has the biggest podcast in the world. And I thought I thought it was interesting. I saw a statistic and they showed his reach. So Rogan's podcast, both on YouTube and his Spotify audience combined, they figure his reach is about 11 million people per episode. Now, to put that into context, Fox News primetime, 2.37 million. And CNN primetime, we're talking their highest rated show, is around 800,000. There are more people at a Green Bay Packers football game than there are watching CNN <laughs> at 8 o'clock. There really are. It's interesting that the most influential media personality in the world right now is Joe Rogan yep. and 11 million people, and he's a podcaster. You know, I saw the incident a couple of weeks ago where he was talking to the resident physician for CNN. Mm -hmm. I'll give credit to the physician. I mean, he didn't have a memorized uh, response in that. He, you know, he was talking quite openly. But unfortunately, he was representing knowledge that's not very supportable. I mean, Joe Rogan did 25 years of live stand-up before he did this stuff. I mean, live stand-up is just really one of the you're good or you're gone. There is no in-between <laughs> on live stand-up humor and but the other thing is, he's just totally comfortable with himself. You know, he's just utterly, utterly comfortable with himself. Spotify knew what they were getting when they signed him up. And now they've had some trouble, you know, if staff people at Spotify, you know, saying we can't show people these things. What kind of corporate people are there, corporate leaders, where a bunch of just out of university students are starting to tell them what they're campaign can be. I think that the same people who were making life unbearable in universities are now joining corporations and making life unbearable, you know, and they represent about 5%. The corporation that just decides to have a Monday morning house cleaning of all the people who think that business is something besides just doing what the business is and says, okay, you're gone. Here's $5,000. Don't be here. Yeah, we'll help you to the door and everything else. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next year because the pendulum has gone too far. I think it was Coinbase, the crypto exchange. This is the new buzzword in the industry. And it's not just for crypto. They call it mission-focused. So they said, we are now a mission-focused company. If you want to come to work and argue about things that have nothing to do with the work, you're going to have to find somewhere else to work. So they offered buyouts to anyone who didn't like that. And I think they lost... A significant number of their people, five, six, maybe even up to 10% people left. And then they found as a result, they had tens of thousands of applications for people who wanted to come in and take those jobs because they said, 
We're tired of arguing at work. We're tired of protesting and organizing all this BS that has nothing to do with building the product we were hired to build. So they thought they were really sticking it to Coinbase by saying, oh, we're taking off. We're going to leave you guys high and dry. And then yep. quintuple the applications came in and now they're doing just fine. And it's interesting because like I spent a lot of time online just kind of searching around, seeing what's new. I'm curious. And I see a lot of companies now saying we're a mission-driven or mission-focused organization, meaning if you want to argue and whine about things that have nothing to do with our purpose, yep. please go somewhere else. So it has happened now. And yeah, the entertainment world is similar to the fashion industry. There's seasonal fashions, you know, and that thing of activists inside of your organization who are demanding that you do this, who you're demanding that you do this, you know, that's a fashion, okay? And after a while, it's not fashionable anymore, and they'll move on to something else. I would say this, though, that I think someone who leaves under those circumstances in employment law, if someone leaves in less than desirable way, someone leaves a company in less than a desirable way, and you're the employer, so the person has gone, and you get a phone call or you get a communication from someone, can you tell us the circumstances under which that person left? You don't do it. You don't do it. And just say that the only thing I can say about so-and-so is that he started working with us on this day, he worked for us for six months, and he left on this day. This is the only thing I'll say about his employment here. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, was he good or anything? I'm sorry. He started on this day and he <laughs> left on this day. But by not saying it, you're saying everything. True. It's interesting. I just had a quick search of the Oracle as I was thinking about that. It was Coinbase, and they did lose about 60 people, and then they had almost 2,700 applications to fill those 60. So mission-focused oh, yeah. is... On the money for a lot of people who don't really want to spend time doing things that are unrelated. On a lighter note here, okay, podcast. And again, all of these things we're talking about today, I'll include in the show notes for this episode. So if you want a link, you want to find out more, you're like, wait a minute, what are they talking about? I got lost. I'll put the links to all this stuff in the show notes. Go to strategic podcasts with an S, strategicpodcasts.com. Click podcast payoffs. Click this episode and everything that we talk about today, all this stuff, all this good stuff is going to be there. We're going to make it simple for you. So Podcast, Dan, is a, a new collaboration between a bunch of tech startups. And they said, we're kind of tired of celebrities getting all the money. Think about all the brouhaha of the celebrities signing deals. You know, Harry and Meghan Markle signed a podcast deal with Spotify. That was a fart in the wind. They had two episodes and did nothing. Kim Kardashian signed a deal for tens of millions, never released a show. Michelle Obama signed a deal. She hasn't put out a show in 15 months. So podcast is like, there's people who want to do this and all the money's going to celebs. So they have about a hundred grand and they're going to allow shows. If you have an idea, even if you don't have a show, you pitch it and they're going to give you grants of between anywhere from 250, if you need a new mic up to five or $10,000, no strings attached. You can thank them if you want, but if you don't, they don't even care. So my question to you, Dan, in all your decades of experience, are there any pitfalls to free cash when it comes to getting something off the ground? Well, I think that there's just so many different ways that you can approach podcasting. I mean, there's a multiple number of reasons of why podcasting would be an effective communication strategy for anyone. First of all, it wouldn't interest me. It wouldn't be something that interests me. But I'm talking, you know, 50 years into my career, I'm talking 30 years into a very, very effective, very successful, financially good business model, 
where we know how to make money. And we use all communications simply to start relationships in the marketplace with people that we think will really love our main product. So I don't have any judgment about how other people are experimenting with the medium because I don't have their purposes. So I have nothing to say about that. Probably there'll be some that work and some that don't work and the medium, but it's a very flexible medium. I think the way we're doing it probably is not available to a lot of people because we can afford the budget to do it and we can afford the time to do it. And the reason is because the rest of our business pays for itself. We don't need the podcast. We want the podcast. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to work. But when we started podcasting seven years ago, I was aware that it was a global medium because we were getting responses from halfway around the world, places that we would never go in the normal course of our business. But then when COVID started, as part of our making our adjustment to using Zoom, we put out that we had a Zoom program for Zoom where you could do the workshop strictly on Zoom. And all of a sudden, all that groundwork that we had laid for seven years with the podcast, we had big fans out there who in their minds said, someday, if I ever get the chance, I'm going to join Strategic Coach. But it was not a reality until they didn't have to travel. They could use Zoom to do the workshop. And we had 500 sign up last year. That wasn't just a Zoom magic act. You know, we switched the program to Zoom, we get it. We had laid the groundwork for seven years of establishing relationships and people made it part of their discussion groups. They would listen to our podcasts. We're doing it for our reasons, you know. I don't know if talking about our model provides any value for anyone else. And the reason is it fits into our business model. It fits in with the way that we communicate ourselves in the world. It's a great medium. It's relatively free. It's almost mm-hmm. free. There's no other way we could have global reach with our communication except through this medium. You think that was the most serendipitously enormous jump in the history of Strategic Coach? The switch to Zoom because of the lockdown? I was often pondering, you know, we hit a very high number in 2019. That was the highest in 33 years revenues. And I said, imagine us doing it exactly the way we're doing it and reaching 10 times greater. I have the foggiest idea how we could do that. I have the foggiest idea. Once Zoom came along, I had a very clear idea how we could do it. Total multiplier, total multiplier. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think about our approach? Because you came from a background where every minute got paid for by someone and What your observation is, like, we don't have any other way of making money except the way we make money. We just have this one way of making money. Radio, where I come from, I had a morning radio program in a city just outside Toronto for almost a decade. And they exist primarily on ads, just like newspapers used to exist on ads. And then starting in around the early 2000s, they had NTR, okay, and that stood for non-traditional revenue. And back then, this is going to blow some minds, but advertising on the website was a throw-in. It was called NTR. So people would buy their package for on-air stuff, and then they'd say, oh, we'll give you a banner on the website. We'll just toss that in. Fast forward maybe a decade later, 
the revenue that they were earning from web presence and web campaigns was starting to eclipse the money they were making from ads. So people wanted campaigns online. They wanted it sort of integrating with their own Google ads and their own Facebook ads. And, you know, there are people who specialize in this. I'm not one of them. So they were working on that. But it's interesting that was once considered NT, non-traditional, became very traditional yeah. because they saw the writing was on the wall that people were not advertising on the radio. If you want to market to someone the old adage, go where they go, do what they do. Mm -hmm. That's why when you're at the beach in the summertime, you see the heavily signed up van from the rock station with all the vinyl decals on it. And they're throwing water bottles out and they're throwing t-shirts because they're going where the young people go and they're doing what they do. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to reach people, you're on Google, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok because people are not listening to radio like it used to, like they used to. And it's just, you know, throwing back to what we were talking about, you have the legacy media they can't compete with Rogan anymore because CNN and even Fox are not available like he's available, where you get to choose when you listen to Rogan because you can listen to it on your own time. You can listen to him live if you want, but there's always replays, right? My whole thought on that, Dan, I think we're doing what we do very well, and we have a very clear focus of what we're doing. We get approached from time to time, people who have businesses, companies, they want to advertise on our show. The answer is always a very polite no. We're not accepting. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, well, you're leaving money on the table. You're leaving thousands of dollars on the table. Why don't you put this ad in front of Inside Strategic Coach? Mm -hmm. Why don't you put this ad in front? Because that's not what we do. We dole out the information. We provide value, value, value. And then the people who will qualify based on their own ingenuity and their own ideas will elevate and then hopefully one day join us in the signature program and progress through the program right up to Free Zone Frontier. Yep. So we know what we're doing, and I believe we're doing it well. Yeah, I think so, too. If you're dealing with a medium like the internet, almost anything will work. One, if it makes a positive contribution. Number two is if your heart is in it totally. And number three, you're just consistent. You as start with a certain set of first principles and you stay with your first principles forever. As I mentioned, all the things we discussed today, any of the links or anything that you might want to take a second look at, you can find in the show notes for this episode, Strategic Podcasts. Dot com, click podcast payoffs and you can find it there. If you like the episode, please tell one friend, tell two friends, tell five friends. And if you got value out of it, you could be a hero today by sharing it with one person who could benefit from the things that Dan and I were discussing. Dan, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks so much and on to the next. Thank you very much, Gordon.